Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mission and Meaning, a monthly podcast that brings you inside the important mission-related learnings and work happening around our Sacred Heart community. I'm your host, Kate Matroni Fish, Director of Mission and Ministry, and I'm joined by co-host Ben Sue, Director of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Access. Both of us are members of the Office of Mission, Culture, and Strategy here at Sacred Heart Schools Atherton. Each month, we'll bring you a different member from the school community to share about the ways in which they've been reflecting on and helping to deepen our mission. So this year, we've had this theme of belonging kind of going throughout. We have talked with affinity spaces at the prep. We've talked with our P8 affinity space leaders. We've talked with athletics featuring Jason Armstrong. And now we have a wonderful opportunity to think about belonging through the performing arts and through theater. And so today we have our theater directors here with us, which we'll introduce in just a moment. But before we do that, Ben, if you could lead us into our quote. Thanks, Kate. Our grounding quote for today comes from our goals and criteria, and it's goal one, criterion three. The school community reflects an ethos of joy, hope, and celebration, and its programs assert that there is meaning and value in life. Kate, I'd love to hear what speaks to you from this. I think for me, and I'm going to 100% put on my parent hat here, is that like both of my girls go here. And when I drop my kids off every day at school, you know, I think back, we were watching Boy Meets World, myself and my oldest daughter a few weeks ago, and they were talking about, oh, mean Mr. Feeney, mean Mr. Feeney. And the fact that I grew up with these visions of like teachers being mean, teachers being punitive, right? That is never the experience that my kids have here. They jump out of the car, they're so excited. And I remember watching some of those things like mean Mr. Feeney or this particular teacher or that or that trope of like the mean teacher. And I think to myself like, I never experienced that. So like, why is that all over the media? And that, you know, it is a trope. It is a character that's often rooted in caricature as opposed to really looking at who teachers actively are. And so that's just something that I think about when I look at, you know, what is school and what's the purpose of school and what are we trying to evoke out of our our students, whether in the classroom or on the field or in the theater, but ultimately like joy, hope, and celebration. Yeah. Thanks, Kate. And I think for me, this comes from goal one, which is about active faith. And it's goal one because it grounds all our other goals, two through five. And something we've been talking about this season in terms of belonging is our young people have so many challenges right now growing up. This is a world that they're entering into with climate crisis, with wars, with us being interconnected and and hearing a lot of, of tough things. They're also growing up in the peninsula, something we've talked about in previous episodes, there's definitely an achievement culture here mm-hmm. um, and a lot of pressure that our students face. And we are a school and there might be a tendency to think about school primarily in terms of like intellectual work or preparing students to attend a prestigious college or university. But this is this is different, that given everything that a young person's facing these days and even given kind of the the mission of this school and our work with our students, it has to be centered on their knowing that there is purpose and value in life. And I love this aspect of joy and celebration 
This shouldn't be something that feels dreary, but it should be a celebration of who we are as a school community. It should be a celebration of the gifts that our students bring, and we should be doing this, students and adults, with with joy. Not that that's always the case, but that's what we strive for. When I think about St. Madeline Sophie even said, what is God? Ultimate happiness, mm-hmm. right? That is where God is. And so ultimately, joy, hope, celebration, that's where God lands. Thanks, Kate. Isn't that lovely? No, it is truly <laughs> lovely. And maybe in that spirit, I will introduce our two uh, guests for today. So first uh, with this is Rachel Prouty, our middle school drama director and a winner of our St. Madeline Sophie Award for a career dedicated to bringing joy and meaning to the community and to our students. And it's the highest award, I think, that our institution offers. So we're very fortunate to have her in the community and as a guest today. And we also have Jeff Adams, who's the prep fine arts co-chair this year and also a drama teacher. So it'll be great to have perspective from both divisions of our school and also perspective on, on things that we do together. Hi. 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 Thanks for having us. (laughs) No, thank you both for joining us. And the first question we have maybe is just taking a step back from the school and maybe a little bit about your background. So what first sparked your interest in in the arts or drama specifically and with working with young people? Theater was always just something that made me happy. Speaking of joy, right? It was something that I did for myself and it was never going to be my career. It was just something that I did on the side because it was where I felt like I belonged. It felt like those were my people and I could be myself truly with acceptance and no questions. And so that was just it that, you know, that was, I was always going to be a part of community theater. I was just going to do that in my life. And then, you know, as you start to make those life choices, as you're a young adult, some wonderful mentor said, hey, I see that you always also like working with kids. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm a camp counselor and whatever. They're like, have you ever considered, you know, theater for youth? And I'm like, what? What's that? (laughs) And it was this brilliant, wonderful thing that opened this doorway to a life and a master's in theater for young young audiences. And I haven't looked back. It's been a very joyful experience. And I'm super, super lucky that I can say I love and enjoy what I do on a day-to-day basis. And in this day and age, in this world, they're not a whole lot of people in the working world who can say that. Yeah, I um, similar. I, I got into this with the same sense of <clears throat> joy and community. I think that's mm-hmm. ultimately what attracted me to theater. It started as something that, you know, I did with my brother over the summers as like a fun bonding experience to make friends and became quickly something I, I grew a passion in. In high school, we didn't have a theater class. We didn't have like a theater program necessarily. If you liked doing theater, if you liked doing plays, you just auditioned and, and did the shows. But it was during that time in high school that I really felt as I was developing my identity, like our students during that time in my life, I felt like I was learning more about myself and playing other people, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I was really attracted to that idea. And so I think that was the first kind of spark for me in terms of how important arts education is. So my my own experience then kind of fostered my path forward with that. When I was in undergrad, I was a part of the, the theater program there, and I was very fortunate. I had a lot of really wonderful opportunities to 
perform and and write and do stage crew and kind of all aspects of theater. But I think I kept going back to acting as my my sole sort of discipline or passion. For that reason of sort of self-discovery and, and understanding, I went to get my master's degree fully intending on coming back and, and teaching in some capacity because of how valuable I do see arts education. I think one of the first schools I taught at, it was like day one of orientation and, and they gave us this little like worksheet that said, I teach dot, dot, dot. And I remember writing, I teach to foster empathy in a world that needs it. And I really think that sense of empathy, that sense of, of community are such valuable parts of arts and arts education that that's kind of why I, I stuck. So I'm curious to talk a little bit more about some of those ways of kind of building empathy. I think back, my brother was big into theater growing up still is. So I like was immersed in that world from the sidelines. I was not on the stage um, in the same way. I remember him talking about an activity they did when they were doing You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And their entire rehearsal was a Charlie Brown dance party. So you got, you know, Franklin with the Frankenstein arms and you've got Peppermint Patty doing her thing. And for him playing Charlie Brown as someone that he was always very extroverted. He was always very confident to dance in a way that he was shy, that he was like, oh, now I get Charlie Brown a little bit more, was really important for him. I'm curious, what are some of those empathy building activities that you all have used to develop character, to develop empathy, to develop storyline with your performers? And creating opportunities for students to expand their understanding of emotions and emotional intelligence and really developing what that is at this age is so crucial and important. And I feel like just giving them the space, at least in, you know, first and foremost, we are an educational institution. So when I look at exercises in the classroom or even when I consider casting considerations, right, I think about ways to challenge our students in different ways. And by the time they're upper division students, we get to know them pretty well or even in the junior high level, right? Mm -hmm. So knowing sort of how we can challenge those things to help them grow in a way that speaks to that emotional intelligence that you're talking mm -hmm. about. So catering to those specific students and maybe giving them opportunities like an extrovert to play an introverted role and mm -hmm. see what that opens up or mm -hmm. see um, how they can engage in that way. And I always encourage students to look at a character and even if it's an antagonist, right, to find their way into that role, right, mm -hmm. and understand where they see themselves in that, where they see differences in that, and how they can approach that in a very human way. Because ultimately, theater is, is talking about a human experience, right, mm -hmm. regardless of who you're playing. So exercises to do that are having them perform a scene or a monologue doing all the wrong choices, quote unquote wrong choices, right? <laughs> so that they can find the right choices within that um, or where they sit within that. An exercise I did in theater school growing up and something I, I bring into the classroom now too is having students share sort of like a pivotal moment in their lives or a story that they really remember that doesn't need to be emotionally driven, but usually is when they get up there and, and share a personal story from their past. And I have the students just observe and watch and listen to that person share their story. And then the following week, I have students come up and then share that person's story in their own words. Mm -hmm. So they're able to really pick up on what is being said and not always what's being said, but certainly how it's being said. 
and the emotions that are conveyed so that they can really walk in somebody else's shoes. Another thing I like to do both in the classroom and on stage is just really use the questioning technique. So not just letting them read the lines as they are on the page, but asking them to delve deeper and to ask them to take on ownership of the character, especially with me and the younger students. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they just want to say the words and and I have to say no 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 you you are no longer Kate you're no longer Ben you are this character so stop saying that th this character's name say I mm -hmm. and take ownership of who that character is and then I was like okay now how does that character how how do you Kate feel in this moment of what's going on in the scene and by stopping the moment taking a moment from rehearsal to ask those questions and make them dig deeper it helps to expand those emotions and, and start to open it up on the process at the at my level so that they can, you know, challenge themselves even more when they get up to the upper school. And, and another way is journaling. Mm -hmm. And again, asking them to journal as the character. And so, you know, take this scene and, you know, well, what happened last night that led to the scene? And they're like, oh, well, that's not in the script. Okay, it's not in the script, <laughs> but it happened in the world of this character. So what what is it that happened? You as the character get to make that decision. And as long as you don't negate what the words that are in the script, it, it's all fair game. And that process allows their imagination to bloom and it amount, allows them to, again, empathize, have compassion for what led that character to this moment in time. And I'm wondering, through this process of journaling or acting out a moment that was important in their lives, have there been any kind of like transformational moments or even as a student's been inhabiting a role of, a, of another where like a student has been transformed in that experience, even in terms of who they see themselves as or who they might be in the world. Absolutely, and that's why I'm still in this job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Over the years, seeing students in their classroom environments as I'm subbing for an English class or a math class, and then they get to my class and they take on a role that they didn't know that they needed, mm -hmm. didn't know that they wanted, and watching them through the process of, you know, writing a script or, you know, delving into the character and then transforming themselves on stage and seeing that spark, that moment afterwards when they're just so proud of themselves or so, you know, lit up with, I did this and this was a great experience. And that spark of joy and that spark of passion mm -hmm. keep me going. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's an inherent vulnerability mm. that comes with this work and and it's something that i think can be taken for granted pretty easily you know i've said this before but the work that that rachel and i do and m many of us on campus do is is very private work with very public consequences mm -hmm. um <laughs> like there's a lot of work and and prep and things that go into it and then you know tickets are sold and and it happens for a weekend and and all of that extra work is not necessarily seen as a part yeah. of it but the vulnerability that the students put forward in each of these productions or even in, in a class exercise is hard it's it's hard work for any age but especially for a teenager so any moments of like true vulnerability and honesty that i see in a class with that trust that's built with these students is transformative in my own eyes there's this one student who's i won't say their name but they're uh, a senior this year and they've had siblings go through the, the program and were cast in a lot of things and freshman year they weren't really involved and then sophomore year they kind of got involved that year they couldn't really get through rehearsal without breaking down, without crying. Oh. And it's not necessarily the content of the play itself or the work itself, but something was opening up 
in terms of their vulnerability. And there was a release in that work mm -hmm. that was happening and resilience. And that's another thing that I think that just comes with this work. Like mm -hmm. some actors and artists in general, I think are some of the most resilient people because they deal with self-sabotage. They, they deal with judgment. They deal mm -hmm. with criticism. They deal with rejection, right? All the time. Yep. And they keep going because it's something that they're passionate about and they keep putting themselves out there. And I think that that is transformative in its own way and builds really strong, empathetic human beings. And this person now, the student now is in everything and is uh, a leader, both. Yeah, a leader mm -hmm. in so many ways. And you would never know that that was sort of the journey that this person has been on. That to me is like, why are we here? And that's that's really it. I'm curious about that resilience piece, because, I mean, having watched many people that I know being in the arts world, they talk about you get 99 rejections for every yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that I'm curious how you support students in those moments where maybe they don't get the part that they were hoping for. How do you navigate that for students and still hold them and keep that door open to say, don't stop keep coming back. There's a place for you here. That's probably the hardest thing that we deal with, being in charge of the emotional well-being of our theater students and making sure that they do feel welcomed and able to come back when they do get that rejection. And it's a matter of, you know, talking to them about life experiences, you know, and how this is a great learning challenge and example of things that they're going to face in the future, whether it be the college application or the raise or speaking to the board and not getting something passed. And learning now how to deal with it in our safe environment mm. is a way to build that resilience for the future. And I want to take a step back for a moment. I think building that safety and that trust environment is one of the biggest things mm. that we do in order to create a place for that vulnerability and a place to fail. So in our conversations then, in terms of why didn't I get this part and why didn't I get this job role, we can say, well, it wasn't right for you at this moment in time, but we are all here for you in this challenge of where you are right now for this job that you have been given. And, you know, we support you in that. And through that, you're going to work your way into your next challenge and your next goal that you're setting for yourself. It's not a no, it's a not yet. Correct. Yeah, and in some cases, even if it is a no, it's it's an opportunity for growth and learning, right? So reminding the student, too, that might be facing that challenge or rejection or, or that feeling, at least, it's never a rejection because it all matters, right? Every role matters, and it's like a team sport, right? We're all working towards a common role, and that's an important reminder for the student as well. And I, I try to remind students before an audition that set a goal for yourself, right? And you can at least walk away knowing that you achieve that goal. So maybe it's just, I want to get through this without stumbling, or I want to convey this emotion, or I want to fill in the blank. And that way, they walk away from that audition experience having accomplished something that they can be proud of, right, and okay. still feel confident in that work. So yeah, I mean, casting is like the best and worst part of our jobs, mm -hmm. because we get to really showcase students and, and talents, and sometimes hidden talents, which is always a great opportunity to. But it's also really challenging, right? When you do have students that maybe you want to challenge in a different way, or you want to create a learning experience, or just weren't right in the puzzle of things for the story that we're trying to tell. There's the work of an individual, and then there's the work of a collective. Something you mentioned earlier, Jeff, is we might see the finished product on stage, 
but we don't know the hours and the months and, and the process and these safe spaces, these vulnerable spaces that were were created. And like one thing I named when I was reflecting on our opening quote is we're part of a larger culture, right? And in school, uh, students, so much of us students work is as an individual, their assignments, earning grades, receiving a role that they might have their heart on. And so much of their sense of identity and self-worth is tied to that being accepted or, or achieving. I'm wondering through this experience of, of theater, a student getting in, in touch with themselves and exploring parts of them that they might not have, have known before, but being a part of this collective, how transformative is that too? So whether a student plays in an acting role or is contributing to the production in other ways, what's that sense of like kind of coming together, working together, and when the production finally premieres, like offering something it's a, absolutely a group effort. Mm. Theater is not a solo activity. Even when you see a single person on stage delivering what we call a monologue, um, <laughs> there are so many more people than that supporting that person on stage. You have your playwright, your director, your designers, your stage crew, mm. your audience, right? Because it's also about relationship with the audience. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned relationships before, yeah. you know, it's absolutely about relationship. It's the character's relationship on stage to each other, but the characters also have to relate to the audience. And each performance is going to be different mm -hmm. because of the what the audience gives back. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as a group then, or as an individual within that collective or group, learning that it's about what we all put into the pot in order to make this happen. You know, it's not just the Rachel Starr show. <laughs> um, it's it's everybody in this room made this happen. And I'm sure you've been a part of it, you know, at, at the end of the final performance when they, like, the hugs and the tears mm -hmm. and the camaraderie yeah. that is built. And one of the other things that I love about theater here at our campus is it's across the grade levels. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the few places on campus mm -hmm. that we generate bonds and relationships mm -hmm. and family, not just at grade level. And we have the opportunity, you know, in high school, the ninth to 12th graders are great friends. And in the lower middle, when they're doing shows, you know, they'll be friends from sixth to eighth grade. And then every few years, we get this opportunity to do yeah. it with the entire school. Yeah. And it's just this amazing community celebrating that other wonderful goal and criteria that we have as a Christian value. Like we have a first grader who goes and climbs into a senior's lap and the senior gives them a hug mm -hmm. and they wave at each other when they see each other mm -hmm. across campus and with smiles and honest uh, adoration. And it's kind of a beautiful thing. Ben, to your point, I, I do feel like education in general can be so transactional. And, and I think the stage and, and this kind of community experience is something that you can't put a price on that. And it's also one of the, I think, arguably one of the last art forms that can't necessarily be threatened by like artificial intelligence or all these things <laughs> right to a degree you can't you can't threaten that human experience mm. that you get when you when you see a show and empathy can also be so expansive in that space because it's not just happening on stage in between the the characters it's not just happening on the backstage area where crew is also sweating to make sure everything mm -hmm. is working and going well but it's also happening for the audience members watching and and experiencing that too 
So I do think that that human experience and that collaboration that Rachel talks about is what keeps these same kids kind of coming back too, mm -hmm. which is also something that is wonderful to see. It's no surprise that so many of these kids that go through this programming and sort of gain that intelligence and emotional connection and empathy are the ones that are leaders in our community in other ways. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're all putting our names forward for these blue ribbon awards and end of the year things. And, and so many of these kids that are popping up are the ones that have gone through our programs, the, the mm -hmm. programs. Yeah. Maybe it's a final question. Has there been or could you share a moment or an experience here at Sacred Heart that has been especially rewarding or impactful to you? At the end of a show, I usually do closing night letters. So I, I wow. write to everybody involved in the show and just like a little note of of gratitude or final thoughts with the process and, and reflecting upon all of that. And last year in the spring musical, the seniors all wrote me closing night letters and oh. surprised me with that. And it just like melted, melted my heart. So <laughs> it just also speaks to the the gratitude I have for this place. And I think also speaks mm -hmm. to the the compassion and and empathy that that is being built in these students. They would even think about that or consider that and how special that is to me personally. So that was a moment that really got me. <laughs> There's a poem that says, you never know when someone may catch a dream from you. <laughs> and I just try to live day to day doing what I enjoy with the kids, hoping that that might happen. But every once in a while, it comes back to you and you find out it did. Last year's eighth graders you know, they had their eighth grade tribute video in which they're like, you know, these are some moments that, you know, I value in my experience here at the lower middle school. And there were an extraordinary number of students who brought up theater mm -hmm. and their experiences with me and productions. Hearing them be vulnerable and hearing that they felt safe and that they belonged was amazing. Like it, it just, it just, it, it opens that heart. It's like, not that my heart was like the Grinch's heart. But it grew even more. Like it's that visual, right? Yeah. Like it's that yeah. visual and it feels like it's just going to come out of your chest and, and, and it makes the tears fall. Cause I, yeah, I do cry. I was about to say, as you guys were both describing your stories, I was like, Oh, look at those little, little pools <laughs> forming in the eyes. And then I got a little choked up and yeah. I was like, Oh, it's the empathy they're describing. Yeah. We're going to close out as it is our ritual for this season by returning to the quote we opened with, goal one, criterion three. So I'll read it and ask you what in this moment is speaking to you. The school community reflects an ethos of joy, hope, and celebration, and its programs assert that there is meaning and value in life. The, the quote is just ripe with uh, theatrical language. <laughs> Ethos, joy, hope, celebration. Those are all things that theater is able to explore and offer. And being able to do that with our students, whether in the classroom or in the after-school rehearsal halls, is a joy. And it mm. is something where we're able to create that community where they feel safe, they are vulnerable, they are exploring their hopes and dreams and you know what it means to become someone else and maybe put themselves away for a little bit and keep that person safe and explore mm -hmm. this new thing, which is also a wonderful experience. For me, it also, it reminds me of this Pedro Rupe quotation mm -hmm. of uh, what you are in love with, it's easy, your imagination will affect everything. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything, right? Mm -hmm. So what brings you joy kind of decides your future or paves the way for a path. And it certainly has in my life and brought me here with you all today. And and my hope is that the joy and and love and compassion and celebration that people feel 
in these spaces that we're we're creating will pave the way for a more enriching life. Well, thank you guys so much for being here, taking the time. I know it is wild organizing around rehearsal schedules and class schedules, and you guys seem to be here all the time, but busy all the time. (laughs) So we very much appreciate you guys taking that space to be with us today. What are our upcoming shows that people should be ready to get to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The middle school is putting on its middle school play uh, in just a few weeks called Sally Cotter and the Censored Stone. It might be a parody of a well-known and uh, (laughs) beloved book that series that people might recognize. And uh, being able to do that satire and parody on stage with the middle school, uh, the comedy is right at their level. It's (laughs) perfect. A couple months later, we have our prep spring musical it's called something rotten it's a lot of fun it's uh (laughs) it's uh, it takes place in Elizabethan era and follows these two brothers who are setting out to create the biggest, newest, greatest thing since Shakespeare, which he also makes out, an appearance. Right. And Shakespeare's <laughs> uh, a character in the show and is like a rock star. But it turns out that the latest, greatest thing is musicals. So mm-hmm. they they set out to create a new musical in Elizabethan era, <laughs> <laughs> London and comedy ensues. So it's um, it's a lot of fun. And um I can't yeah, wait. It's going to be it's going to be a blast. The kids are very excited. Awesome. Well, thank you. And to our listeners, make sure to subscribe to Mission and Meaning. Come join us for our shows that are upcoming. We release new episodes each month, so we hope that you will come back and listen again. Tune in next time. And thank you so much for coming to Mission and Meaning. If you have any questions or thoughts, reach out to us. Give us an email at omcs at shschools.org. And we will see you next time. <laughs>